0: From WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Close to Home, the podcast that explores the people, issues, and institutions in the Catskill Mountains, the heart of small town America. I'm your host, Leif Johansson. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you have been listening to this program for a while, you may recall an episode we did last March about the development of a county-run internet service called the Wireless Broadband Access Project. Now, in most of our episodes, we look at areas where our local institutions are falling short and we talk about how they could be making life better for all of us. But at the time of last year's interview, the Wireless Broadband Access Project felt like a real point of innovation in our community. The idea is essentially to use pre-existing county-owned emergency communications towers as the infrastructure base for a series of broadband transmitters. Folks can then purchase the service and get a small box that essentially looks like a router installed in their houses to pick up the broadband signal and turn it into high speed internet for their homes. And at the root of all of this is the fact that even though high speed internet is as important a utility for most folks as water or electricity these days, thousands of residents in Sullivan County still don't have access to it. And there are thousands more who pay for broadband access but are met with consistently slow speeds and intermittent service. So last year, I spoke with Lauren Green, the commissioner and chief information officer of Sullivan County's Department of Information Technology Services. And Lauren told me that this year is pretty much infrastructure. Next year, I see a lot of hardware installation and being able to roll things out uh, a little more quickly. Uh, and that'll be 22. And then 2023 is when it should all kind of explode and we can get into the ancillary locations uh, in the rest of the county. So it's a three-
1: to five-year project.
0: With that in mind, I recently checked back in with a team of folks who are working to bring universal broadband access to Sullivan County, both to see how the project is going and to see if they have managed to stick to their timeline despite another turbulent year.
1: I still think that 2022, is, it's going to be the rollout year, if you will, maybe not in as big of a way as we initially thought, Maybe we were over optimistic in thinking when we would have the ability to tap into some capital by definitely 2023. I see it as probably being the um the biggest expansion year.
0: That's Michael Brooks, the vice chair of the Sullivan County Legislature and the chair of the county's Broadband Local Development Corporation, or LDC. So I had the pleasure of speaking with Lauren Green back in March of 2021 about this project and where the progress was at then. I remember one of the things he talked about was getting the infrastructure on the tower in Monticello online. And he was talking about either April or May of 2021. Did that come to pass? How has that been going?
1: Yes. So so we have, the equipment is on the tower and that is the tower by the new jail. Uh, So that is on, on the tower One of the biggest things that was uh, the big thing going on back then and in the background always was the funding. Um, We had applied jointly with the county uh, for uh, an EDA grant, which has been out there now, oh, I'd say a little in in excess of two years. Mm -hmm. We recently, in the last week and a half, got a, um, we've been corresponding with them. And I'm keeping my, my fingers crossed that that uh, funding, which is in, in the neighborhood of $1.6 million, will come through. Um, then we uh, another bit of exciting news when it comes to funding was the legislature voted to support this project because we were, we were kind of, I wouldn't say treading water, but without funding, it, it's been very difficult to do a lot of things. So we were we were taking care of a lot of housekeeping items, but nevertheless, funding which was going to drive this project forward, we were still waiting on. So while we are um, feeling positive about getting the federal money, we had to we had to move ahead. We had to this year as I went to legislature. Oh, it was last month. Basically, asked them is like, look, we don't have the money. We can't do much without money. So they allocated from unassigned fund balance in the county $2 million to this project. So now we're starting to get some things in in motion where we have our attorney working on some agreements with various vendors, the county, in preparation of a launch. And so the, the most exciting thing... Uh, this year has been that funding that came across recently. You know, the the legislature had set aside a hundred thousand a couple of years ago, but you start running through things pretty quick. Um, and this is a this is an exciting but a massive project, and there's going to be a lot of moving pieces. So we're now starting to move through some of those in preparation of the launch.
0: That grant money that you were talking about a minute ago, was that the money from the Economic Development Administration that you were waiting on? Yes. And so the $2 million that the legislature committed was kind of to make up for the fact that we were still waiting on that around $2 million from the EDA.
1: Right, so basically um, we needed funding to get going. And there's, there's no guarantee on that EDA money Uh, whether or not it comes through, we don't know. So despite the fact, it's almost off to the side right now, because the $2 million, which this uh, LDC will pay back. And that's kind of a a unique thing, but we need the funding to really get going. Um, There's a lot of things that we need to put in place and uh, which is going to take money. So um, pretty much the time came to ask the legislature, okay, look, this is our situation. We've been waiting for a while we really can't wait any longer because the need for, for that high speed access to broadband, is now, and we've been anxious to get to really start going with this, and we didn't want to wait another year.
0: That first tower, which is sounds like it's really just about ready to go by the jail, was was number one, and then it sounded like there was a tower in one of the emergency communications towers was being fitted in Liberty, and also one I think by the the Solid waste site for the county as well, where they're going to be the next two that were fitted up. Is that right? Right.
1: Well, they're they got separate funding sources, and now that we have this funding from the county, my guess is those two will probably come later. Um, just with the way the whole thing with the funding and and how those projects are going. So, uh, the county owns eight towers currently outside of not counting those two on East Broadway and the and the one in Liberty. And those eight towers will cover roughly 65 close to 70% of the county. So that's our phase 1 if you will. So we have yet to decide as a LDC which towers it's um I don't believe we'll get all eight up by the end of this year. Just it's a massive massive undertaking, but we'd like to get approximately half of those up um, to start getting some revenue um, and just start building the business. And so that's kind of what where the mindset loosely is right now. So that's kind of where we've been focusing on. And we haven't made a decision where those, those other towers will be other than the one up by the new jail. So that's some more conversations that we're going to have
0: uh, in the coming uh, month or two. So the last time I, I saw the statistics for broadband connectivity in Sullivan County, according to the FCC definition of broadband connectivity, which is maybe a, worth an entirely different conversation in and, of, in and of itself, suggested that between 2 and 3% of residents in Sullivan County did not have access to what would be, again, by the FCC's definition, considered high-speed internet. But of course, beyond the FCC definition, there's there's thousands of people in Sullivan County who have intermittent broadband access or, or just very slow broadband access. And most of those, I think Lauren was saying last year are on the Western side of the County and on the Northern side of the County. So along that Delaware corridor and up really, as you get into the Catskill park, when can folks in those more rural parts of the County expect to be able to use this resource from the County?
1: I like to say by, by next year. Now, some, depending on which towers we do initially this year, uh, we do have some towers out in those areas. There's you know a tower up in the north. Actually, there's a couple up in the north side, a couple out west. So I, can't, I don't have a, an exact time frame. Um, some of that will be addressed this year. The rest of it will be uh, next year. That's off the existing towers. Now, if we're lucky enough to, at some point, hopefully before another two years is up, to get some EDA funding. That will allow us to actually go beyond the county-owned towers. And that's always what we've considered a phase two, where we will identify areas that the current towers will not reach and then go and figure out how we reach those areas. So, and that would be something, you know, whether or not we get EDA grant funding that's going to be phase 2 but obviously the more towers we can get on the quicker the more we can get revenue in to reinvest and start addressing those areas
0: now this is really run by the local development corporation for right. this this broadband project but am i right in understanding that once this rollout does happen and this does start to generate revenue that revenue is going to be handed back to the county?
1: Well, there's a agreement that we are working on uh, with the county. Um, basically, the way it's structured now, the LDC and the county are very, I mean, we're, we're tied at the hip, so to speak. Uh, as we move through time, um, there'll be a separation of sorts. Um, and one of the reasons for that is there, we do not want to have a public entity competing in the private you know, in a private space with the likes of, you know, whoever the broadband providers are out there, the spectrums and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's not something that, that it's going to be, but early on the way I've always described this is that where if you had a business entity come, you know, come into an area and they go to a bank looking for money to get a business up and running and make the business case here, it's a tad different where basically you have a county seeding the money for a project, getting it off the ground, saying, this is important. We need to have this. We need to be able to address those areas um, that don't have it. It's a starting point being together. But as we move through time, we, there will be a separation.
0: The LDC will be competing with private businesses, though. I mean, the LDC is obviously a, a nonprofit organization. So it's not it doesn't exist to turn a profit, but it may exist to generate revenue. But to clarify that that will be competing against it Spectrum, HughesNet, ViaSat, other companies. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and like I said, as
1: it, we've had those conversations on how do we how do we as we get this going and as it develops and starts to mature, there is definitely philosophically we need we need to make that separation. Um, we do. And uh, so, and we will. It's just all the details have been ironed out yet, and the time frames.
0: You are a Republican, and you know, one of the core tenets of conservatism is keeping government on the smaller side and not interfering with private businesses. How do you feel that, even though the LDC is running it, jives with conservative values and philosophy overall?
1: Yeah, good question because I've I've uh, when I was a uh, not part of the legislature. That's one of the first things that came to my mind. And believe me, I have some folks that have asked me that question. <laughs> um, and, you know, basically I look at it this way that the, yes, I'm a believer in smaller government. I, uh, that's my, I, I do believe in that, but there is a role in government to help and it's not help with everything. <laughs> I always ask people, You know, do you want to be taken care of or do you want to be free, basically? And it's a philosophical point that's worth thinking about. And um, but I think despite believing in a smaller government, I believe there is a a need because look at how broadband has been rolled out. And there's been a lot of discussions about, well, maybe we make the spectrums of the world more like a phone company or a power company where they have a monopoly of sorts um, I don't like that either because <laughs> I think along the way the creativity the technological advances suffer but I think there's there is definitely a role to be played with government I think county is a perfect place to do this right here we have a uh, an area that's very geographically challenged when it comes to running fiber to the you know to every street in our county when the county did their public safety they got grants back in the early 2000s um, and they were able to erect towers and so unlike a lot of other counties we have that infrastructure in place and i think that the county is in a a non-traditional sense saying we have an infrastructure in place we have a problem. We need a high-speed internet provided. Nobody is breaking down the door to come into Sullivan County and compete with the like spectrum or whomever. But yet, if we wait, when will that ever happen?
0: Obviously, this is an innovative project. And from my understanding, it's one of the first of its kind in the nation to really start to get off the ground in a serious way, which is incredibly exciting. For the yes. sake of playing devil's advocate, Have you been asked by constituents, okay, you know, I see what you're saying, that your goal isn't to compete against private companies. Your goal is to get broadband to local residents because this is a necessary service that relates to the health and and safety of our community. But in government offering this service and building the service and investing in the service, how far is the leap from that to... Government providing public health care, which is part of a, a much more liberal agenda. Right. No,
1: I know. And, and and no, it's a fair question. And it's 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 not easy to answer because you can make a case for any service like, look, we 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 need help here, right? right. Um I think the I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I'm in my first term as a legislator. Um and you know, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I know one of the things that is, because it's at my core, not to have an instance where we t- we look for government all the time. I don't think that's healthy um, at all. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely a fine line. Um, it's It's helping, but then it's, you know, you got to stand on your own. And, you know, similar to what we, this legislature did with the you know, The energy tax that we enacted um, a couple years ago um, with that 4%. Um, we also stated in that resolution that, um, you know, we would that would sunset. And because it was hotly debated, we don't like taxes. And, you know, it was a unique situation with COVID. And there was a lot of back then, nobody knew really where we were going. And some of the scenarios were downright frightening. So, we actually sunsetted it and, and, and it did it early. So philosophically a lot depends on who's sitting in the seats, right? As you move through time, cause, um, this will not be complete in my, you know, my, my, I have a lesson got about a year and a half left a little bit more than at my term. And so that's exact. I, I get it. I think about it a lot. Um, if I'm fortunate enough to be around, uh, for another term, um, Those are the types of things which are so important to me to make sure that there's a path to get to that independence. There'll always be a little tie-in to the county to some degree because they got us off the ground, but this thing is, this thing is going to have to eventually stand on its own. And, uh, but as, as to use the analogy, we're an infant right now, (laughs) we're crawling. Uh, But when we can, uh, reach adulthood, we we have to stand on our own two feet. I, I I have people that ask those questions like you because they're, they're fantastic questions. But I think there's an overall excitement that we need to do this, and there's always that concern in the back of their mind. And and I want to that's and that's something that will get addressed. And it is um, like I said, I, I can't predict the future if I'll still be you know around uh, hopefully for a while but um, uh, that is definitely one of my priorities. I know the current board it is. So yes.
0: On another side of things here, this project also has the potential to bring in revenue in a way that is, is really needed. Is the revenue from this years down the road when this is paying for itself and then some, hopefully, um, is this something that is going to be able to help fix our our roads, bridges, you know, keep our our county functional because of the revenue it's bringing in.
1: Right. So I think the, uh, as a yet to be developed contract between us and and the county, um, there will be a certain percentage of of, um, the profits, if you will, not so much revenue, but the profits um, that will go back to the county. um, And yet to be determined amount. um, And, and yet to figure out that vehicle on what we can and can't do. Um, but certainly there will be that will be the umbilical, if you will, that will always always exist to a degree. Uh, it, I look at it as a small, smaller umbilical than what we have currently, but there will be that tie-in. Um, I like to see pretty much, uh, and we've talked about this as we move through time, that this company, and hopefully in the not too distant future, we can make public the name will be just like, well, Verizon rent space on the county towers. So just like a Verizon, we will rent space on the towers. And then the only difference being there'll be a certain percentage that will go back to the county, um, basically as your return on investment, if you will. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about where we're at right now with the the project. Um, At some point in the not too distant future, I think a name will will be released and we will be called. And, uh, well, when we get a few more things complete, we'll be able to roll out a timeline for folks to look at. Um, We we did a while ago run some tests here in the government center off the tower to jail. And we were streaming and watching, you know, TV and movies and stuff. So um, it's, uh, we just got to get some other things in place before we can actually, um, you know, put it out to the public.
0: Well, I am keeping my fingers crossed that this service becomes available to our communities in the coming year. Like Michael said, we may have a diverse set of opinions in our region on whether local governments should get involved with utilities like broadband that may typically be managed by private businesses. But at the end of the day, this is a service that we need, and the Spectrums and hues Nets of the world generally aren't lining up to grab would-be customers in much of rural America. And with any luck, as the rollout of this initiative continues, we'll continue to be a leader in rural broadband for the rest of the country, too. Because if we want to bring rural communities into the modern age and make our local economies viable for our current residents and attractive to potential future residents, we've got to start somewhere. Thank you so much to Michael Brooks for taking the time to update us on Sullivan County's Wireless Broadband Access Project. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Leif Johansen, and this is Close to Home, a podcast from WJFF Radio Catskill. Have a great week.